0: The Oprah Winfrey Show has just celebrated its first broadcast nationally. True Blue by Madonna, with hit singles like Papa Don't Preach and Open Your Heart to Me, is the number one album in the U.S. And Paul Hogan is about to introduce the world to Australia with the second highest grossing film of 1986, Crocodile Dundee. Today we go back to September 13th, 1986.
1: Hey y'all, welcome to The Wayback Recap, a podcast that obsessively explores all things past from our favorites in TV and film.
0: To Hostess Pudding Pies. An 80s favorite, these snack pies had a chocolate shell with vanilla pudding inside. While you can still buy these treats today, the recipe has greatly changed, leaving many Gen Xers on Reddit to wish for their return.
1: Brandon, I know you love pudding pies.
0: What's that supposed to mean?
1: Oh, I'm just, I know they're a favorite. They're my brothers. Like to this day at the Kroger checkout line, My brother is always like, maybe I'll just buy a pudding pie. He doesn't because he's strong, but he wants to in his heart.
0: I usually get the fruit pies if I were to buy any of them. The only pudding pie I think I ever had was the one with the Ninja Turtles. I don't remember. I mean, I do remember these, but I don't think I've ever had the chocolate shell with vanilla pudding inside.
1: Something that I fell into a little bit of a wormhole learning about this episode was that the original recipe, like the recipe people want to bring back, had beef fat in it, <laughs> and thus they were confused as to why there was beef byproducts in a hostess Pudding pie, so that's why they changed the recipe for Pudding pies, and that's interesting.
0: Lard. I mean, it's tallow, so that's probably what it was, like, just making use to make lard with a pastry, I would assume.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that's 100% it. But it's people were perplexed by it. They have found an alternative since, but, no, people don't.
0: but apparently it's not a good. So <laughs> bring back the tallow.
1: I'm saying, uh, there are a lot of great hostess, hostess puddin pie commercials, and one of them stars Joey Lawrence, which was a fun thing to like. Good <laughs> get Joey Lawrence, hostess pudding pie commercial. Yeah. Like, recently? Uh, No, this is when he was a very small child.
0: Oh, catch up. Okay.
1: He's too busy on Instagram. Doing what? Oh, him and... You haven't watched him and his brothers all have, like, a Instagram together? They do Instagram things, TikTok-y things.
0: Interesting. The only... Well, that's not true. The only Lawrence brother I really care about is Matt. Like, uh, yeah. Matt's the hot one, so less of the yeah. other two realistically yeah just kidding joe yeah. you're great same with <laughs> andy andrew i'm
1: not sure honestly today it's a yes for all three as kids i have more diverse opinions but today they could all get it what's up but guys i think they're all very not single but hey
0: <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure Matthew, gonna from tlc
1: he is 100 percent with chili from tlc good get on both of them like i'm proud of both of them I'm Brandon. And I'm Patricia. And for today's episode, we push this topic up to the front of the line as we discuss Pee-wee Herman, the character created and performed by the late great Paul Rubens. This podcast has talked about Pee-Wee Herman and Paul Rubens several times. Yeah. We discussed Paul Rubens, his absolutely brilliant performance as Amelie the Vampire in the movie version of the Buffy Vampire Slayer. Brandon hit me with the death scene. Uh. 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 Iconic I one of the top yourself, five, but... one of the top five movie deaths of all time. Uh, we also briefly discussed the creation of Pee-wee Herman of the Pee-wee Herman character in our Phil Hartman episode from season one. The rise to fame for Pee Wee Herman was rapid, and his effect on the world and pop culture prevails to this very day. So let's start with Paul Rubens, who was born in Upstate New York the same year as my mom. By the way, Uh, but he mostly grew yeah the exact same age. Mom is a couple months older. Uh, Paul would have been seventy one on August twenty seventh, and Sue already turned seventy one, but same year. Paul mostly grew up in Sarasota, Florida where his family owned a lamp store and at in the back of the lamp store his dad Milton built a small stage for Paul and his two younger siblings Luke and Abby where they put on original productions. That's cute as shit.
0: Yeah. Well done to have a parent who supports your talents and fosters growth.
1: Snaps all around for Milton. First of all, my... Uh, neurodivergent brain the idea of growing up in a lamp store is so stimulating and warm mm-hmm. and comforting i imagine a lamp store is just a magical place it's my favorite part of home depot is the lamp section <laughs> i love it
0: <laughs> really i don't think my, I, I feel like mine's an appliances
1: oh no anytime we went like went to jc penny or menards or any if there's two aisles of lamps that's where patricia is standing like a cat in the sunshine Like, I am mesmerized.
0: I'm going to the mirror aisles every time. Target, catch me in the mirrors.
1: Catch me in the mirrors. Uh, Luke and Abby, by the way, his siblings, Luke now is like a very distinguished dog groomer, pet groomer, animal groomer. But his sister, Abby, is a very good lawyer. She would go on to represent Paul later, but she's also like a chair member of the Tennessee ACLU.
0: Wow, come on, Luke and Abby come
1: Abby. What's up, girl? I'm snaps all around for Abby.
0: Paul's the oldest.
1: Paul's the oldest, yeah. oh my gosh. Wait. Um, sorry to interrupt you. They were nine years apart from top to bottom, and my siblings are also nine years apart, top to bottom. I was
0: like yeah, I was getting there. I was about to say, is Abby the middle, or do you think she's the youngest?
1: I know that Luke is the youngest.
0: <laughs> Whoa, this is parallel.
1: I know. Wow. And no disrespect, but Paul, huge, amazing writer, comedian. Abby, amazing lawyer. Luke, dog groomer, still distinguished. <laughs> but you know, that's a youngest child job. <laughs> like...
0: <laughs>
1: no disrespect. I love dog groomers, animal groomers. Anyone who works with animals is blessed.
0: There was a reality show with dog groomers on not too long ago. Oh my god, what was it called? I can't remember. People listeners, if you remember the name of this reality show where people were dog groomers, hit me up because I forgot what it's called.
1: Um I have been obsessed with a YouTube video, a channel that's all dog grooming. This lady who dog, like is a dog groomer for charity. She does it like for free. A+ videos. My dog Bernadette watches them. So intently, like I turned it off, and she looked at me like, Um, correct yourself. We are just about to, It's <laughs> gonna be a Saint Bernard next,
0: you stupid <laughs> bitch.
1: Turn it back on. I'm like, You're right. I'm sorry. Don't hit me.
0: She likes other dogs, like watching it. She doesn't want to go to the groomer.
1: So, Bernadette doesn't really like the grooming. When I groom her, she's pretty chill. Like, the bath is warm. She likes warm things. And then she loves the blow dryer. So, really. The only part that she doesn't like is her nails.
0: Nah. that's pretty chill. She ain't worried about that.
1: Yeah, she's pretty chill. I'm blessed. So Paul Rubens was a smart and popular kid. He, By the time he was in high school, he had won several thespian awards. Uh, despite that, he did not get into his top pick. Uh, he wanted to go to drama school. He wanted to go to Juilliard. But he did not get in, unfortunately. But he did get into the California Institute of the Arts. And by 1977, Paul was performing with the Los Angeles-based improv troupe The Groundlings. While with The Groundlings, Paul Rubens debuted the character, which was originally supposed to be like the worst comedian you can think of. And it's this comedian who can't remember the punchline to jokes because other comedians used to bust Paul Rubens balls that he was all set up no joke. Like you could never get to the end of the joke. So it's pretty impressive to me that the character that brought Paul Rubin so much success is like a dig on himself.
0: Uh fair point. But hey.
1: See a flaw, make a million you... dollars. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. Way to make uh lemons to lemonade.
1: Exactly. So fellow groundling. Phil Hartman loved the character and he and Paul Rubens and a couple other people from the groundlings kind of crowdsourced the character that would eventually become Pee-wee Herman. And this was by like 1978. Paul Rubens said there was no one direct influence on the Pee-wee character. It was more of a collection of ideas. My favorite description of the character comes from journalist. I'm going to fuck up his name. So I wrote down phonetically how to spell it to not embarrass myself journalist James Ponowazek from the New York Times. He described Pee-wee as
0: Pee-wee Herbert is a high-on-pixie-sticks exaggeration of a clean-cut kids host of the 1950s. A howdy-doody who brought himself to life.
1: The (laughs) high-on-pixie-sticks is my favorite because that's very like you do every time you do see Pee-wee Herbert you're like you've had too much sugar today. I'm sure of it. I thought it was astute. It's no.
0: I love Pee-wee Herman. Um, really quickly, a uh, quick sidebar. I'm going to take What's this aside. Up? I enjoy Pee-wee Herman. Uh, I don't Thank know. You. When I was a kid, I don't know if I was watching Pee-wee's Playhouse or what. But I used to have the Pee-wee uh like toys, specifically Cherry. I was a huge fan of Cherry, the chair. Oh, uh, you I'd know, because a lot of the ple- we'll get into that. Right, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we I'm will
1: sorry. get into it. Yeah, we will get. into it. <laughs> In 1981, Paul Rubens auditioned for Saturday Night Live in direct competition with fellow comedian Gilbert Godfrey. Executive producer of Saturday Night Live, Lord Michaels, thought that Paul Rubens and Gilbert Godfrey did the same thing. So Lord Michaels hired Gilbert Godfrey. So there are unsubstantiated rumors of a career-long feud between Paul Rubens and Gilbert Godfrey over this slight that they both held on to the rest of their lives listeners Brandon my friends the idea of it's like we're at like a studio parking lot and it's basically the I'm not your bro bro meme but it's Paul Rubens and Gilbert Godfrey that's funny as shit in my brain like those two girls not liking each other because they lost a job I love it hate them claw his eyes out paul can you believe gilbert godfrey was a miscast on star night live i'm saying it here now i
0: forgot that he was a part of the cast on there (laughs) um i like gilbert godfrey stuff i mean huge fan of iago the parrot um huge
1: huge fan (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: second favorite character from that movie um but i'm trying to think what else has he done that i mean the Affleck duck I don't know. I think I'm Team Pee Wee.
1: I am 100% Team Pee Wee on this. First of all, outside of Iago the Parrot, I do not have much of a space in my heart for Gilbert Godfrey. I did find his voice incredibly irritating, and his charm was a bit lost on me.
0: I did uh, appreciate his uh, several appearances throughout the Problem Child uh, series of movies.
1: (laughs) I forgot that he was in Problem Child
0: yeah bro he's several characters in that or i guess it's the same person different occupations throughout
1: something that's interesting to me as well so 1981 is also when phil hartman maybe maybe that wasn't exactly his year but this would have been a similar time that phil hartman got onto saturday night live and i would think that paul rubens and phil hartman do the same thing i don't see paul rubens and gilbert godfrey doing the same thing
0: i don't either Like, that's why I was like, Lord Michaels, what the fuck were you, what kind of cocaine were you taking in? Was Was this the 80s? 91. 81. 81.
1: 81.
0: Yeah, I just don't see, maybe back then they kind of had a similar stick, but like, I don't, yeah.
1: I do think it's hard to come to Saturday Night Live. I think at this point, well, no, he had only done Pee Wee a couple times at this point, but anybody who comes to Saturday Night Live and you just do like a character, you're not going to be great on Saturday Night Live. Because you're a character. Like Andrew Dice Clay can't go be on Saturday Night Live because he's already doing Andrew Dice Clay.
0: Right, right. but Didn't he? No, I'm just kidding.
1: Probably. So I'm embarrassed that I brought up Andrew Dice Clay as like a reference. Like I need to be better.
0: Uh, no, it's just, we all know you're a clayhead, So I don't know. Total. Oh, that's right. no, it's Clay Aiken. It's Clay Aiken that you're a fan of, my bad.
1: I thought they were called Claymates.
0: <laughs> ah, they are. <laughs> Look at you. You just gave yourself away.
1: First of all, I do, I don't have anything to say on that. But what I will say is that my mother <laughs> loves Clay Aikens. Uh,
0: what, what, my mom loved song? American
1: Idol. Like the first 10 seasons of American Idol, Sue's Jam.
0: Yeah, my mom too. Uh, what was it called? Invincible? Was that his song?
1: No idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I was testing you. Clay Aikens can only sing like Christmas carols. Like he put out like not a Christmas. (laughs) uh, Prove me wrong listeners. Let us know. So Paul Rubens would go on to thank Lord Michaels for not giving him this job. Because now almost out of spite, Paul Rubens had a lot of motivation to get Pee Wee Herman off the ground. So like he got a personal loan and he put together a troupe. And that troupe put on Pee Wee Herman shows at a theater in Los Angeles. Five nights a week, midnight shows, three matinees a week that were distinct. That was a different show for kids sold out for five months straight. People loved it.
0: Wow. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess there is something to be said about that. Just having like this really successful show that's going crazy He's even doing matinees. That's interesting.
1: See, what the, the genius of Paul Rubens here is that he saw his show, which was more tailored to adults, right? Like he's not doing kid stuff. But he immediately saw the potential of the doing kid stuff. So he modified the show, made a matinee, sold those out. That's so smart. Like that's such a smart performer who saw that pocket and took it
0: yeah i'm doing a character right now this is a whole bit it's been this way for about 13 years
1: you're really honing it
0: yeah that's wild i would love an hbo comedy special
1: oh my gosh day. that's the goal yeah. right if you are maybe younger than me hbo comedy specials are gold like go watch whoopi goldberg's uh robert williams George Carlin, Richard Park like, the comedy specials of the 80s really were special, and the ones on HBO were always so, so good. And I mean, it's the HBO Comedy Central that brought Ellen DeGeneres back. When no one gave a fuck about Ellen DeGeneres, HBO gave her a special. That bitch got a Disney movie and a talk show.
0: <laughs>
1: so, it happened.
0: Yeah. I remember that special. She had a moon on her t-shirt that she, do you know what I'm talking about? Is this a fever tree? It probably is.
1: I'm not sure. I always think of Ellen DeGeneres looking just like Paula Poundstone, and frankly, that's a disservice to Paula Poundstone, and then I kind of feel bad about myself.
0: Dude, I wonder if Paula Poundstone hates Ellen.
1: I cannot imagine they're friends. (laughs) 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 Prove us not. Paula, are you listening? Write in the show, the Recap at gmail.com
0: paul about so you're stupid. Regular <laughs> right into this.
1: As popularity grew, Paul Rubens began appearing solely as Pee-wee Herman. Pee-wee Herman made appearances in Cheech and Chong movies and was a huge hit on late night sh- on late night talk shows, specifically The Late Show with David Letterman. Paul Rubens wanted the public to think Pee-wee Herman was a real person. Um, I was like 15 before I found out Pee-wee Herman wasn't a real person. Like, I thought Paul Rubens existed in a separate body that Pee Wee Herman existed in for a very long time.
0: Interesting. I think I knew Paul and Pee Wee were separate because I remember seeing Pee Wee, I mean, Paul in Dunson Checks In. He was in several yes. movies as a kid, like the Buffy Lots movie as movies. well, where I was like, I was like, oh, that's Pee Wee Herman. But I knew that, like,
1: See, and I just Pee- thought oh that's Paul Rubens <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. but Pee Wee Herman he's kind of diverse if you either got it or you didn't get it and the people who didn't get it were so loud about it like so loud and so dumb about it like just if you're dumb just shut up just shut up and be dumb like I'm dumb about baseball so I don't say shit about baseball because it would be fucking stupid if I brought up that this primitive child's game is a billion dollar industry for dudes. No one wants to hear that. That's a shitty opinion. So I'm going to shut the fuck up. People who didn't get pee-wee should have just shut the fuck up. I'm so sick of people.
0: I was so confused. Like, why are we talking about baseball?
1: You know, like, whoa, who the fuck brought baseball into this? Get your things and leave. With the success of the HBO special... It wasn't long before Warner Brothers, again, like they're in every fucking one of our episodes, Warner Brothers grievet <laughs> a Pee Wee movie in 1985. So we're talking, this is like six years. He's gone from no character to a full fucking movie.
0: That's impressive.
1: Um, the movie was a gigantic success it made over six times its seven million dollar budget made over 40 million dollars um the movie was written by phil hartman and paul rubens and was directed by tim burton in only his third project ever wow wild
0: tell him large Marge sent you
1: Oh my gosh, Large Marge Nightmare shit. Still
0: to say, scares the shit out of me.
1: Scares the fucking shit out of me. I will say this. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is my favorite Pee-wee vehicle. Like, I have a bit more me affection too. for that movie than for the show or for later movies. Like, that's kind of my favorite Pee-wee.
0: That one in Big Top. I mean, I haven't watched Big Top in a long time, but I remember liking it as a kid. Because they had the poodles that were, like, different colors. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I liked uh, Big Adventure. For A, the tequila dance scene, because I loved it. All yeah. improv by Paul Rubens, by the way, that whole scene. Um, and uh, Pee-wee saving the pet shop during the fire. Those are my two favorite parts of that movie.
0: Pet, uh, the pet shop is great.
1: <laughs> it's really cute. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the, the chimpanzee that's available at your neighborhood pet store <laughs> that then helps Pee-wee save all the animals. <laughs> Thank you helpful
0: i don't know about you but growing up in kentucky there was maybe it was an urban legend that one of our local pet stores had a fucking baboon
1: what i did not hear this urban legend i
0: I gotta ask my brother about this but i'm a hundred no this is like growing up local pet shop that we used to walk to and stuff where i got like a hamster and stuff like that oh shit like a shopping center which probably isn't great like really like looking back on it terrible place to have a pet store but um i think there was like i remember us kids talking about there used to be like a baboon chained up i don't know if that was a joke or not but it wouldn't surprise me for a podunk kentucky pet store to have a baboon somewhere
1: that is shocking I only have one memory of, like, an old-school pet store, and it was in Florin Mall in Sacramento, California, and it was on, like, the second floor in, like, a corner, and I remember even as a kid being like, this place is fucked up. Things live here? This is horrible. Like, it made me not happy.
0: I love Littlest Pet Shop. That, like, glorified (laughs) what pet shops were not, actually. Just, like, perpetuating this idea of pet shops being great. The cartoon and the toys were great.
1: Yeah, media lies to us all the time. It's horrible.
0: I'm still learning, unfortunately.
1: Quickly after the success of the movie, CPS approached Paul Rubens, and together they created a Saturday morning show called Pee-wee's Playhouse, which would feature Pee-wee's wild house where everything was alive, full of moving furniture, puppets, dinosaurs, cowboys, singers, even a genie. Paul Rubens must have had the best fucking agent in town, Because this cat negotiated that Paul Rubens got to write, produce, and direct episodes, and they okayed the gigantic budget. Because because of all the special effects tied to the show, because of all the mixed media, each episode would cost like $325,000. Which was a huge price tag for a show, period, but especially a Saturday morning show, which is supposed to cost nothing. So CBS really like let Paul Rubens do what he wanted. Like they only made story objections twice, which is wow. of. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's really like what were the two objections? You know,
1: um, they said over like minor issues. So I get I if I was going to guess, I guess I would guess a project placement deal because that's where they mm-hmm. really get their money. But that's based on nothing. Uh, but CBS was super smart because in the first year alone, Pee Wee Playhouse made over $25 million in revenue.
0: Yeah, I believe that. That was me. I was buying all kinds of Pee Wee stuff as a kid.
1: There was all kinds of shit. you get. Like, I definitely had Pee Wee Herman, uh, like, folders, like, for your notebook. I remember those very much. But there was, you could get Pee Wee Herman everything. I think I had a, did I have a
0: Playhouse? I think I had the Playhouse. I remember like the <gasps> little, uh, the, what's the TV's name? I had that. I'm blanking, but I've had a lot of Wee toys. I got it for Christmas or my birthday one year. I remember it was like for a special occasion.
1: That's precious. I'll, if you guys just listen to our show, which is great. Thank you so much. Uh, but follow us on Instagram because we always have a post to go along with every episode. And in today's show post, I'll be sure to have all sorts of fun pictures of retro peewee Herman merch because i'm sure there's tons of it like the peewee herman doll alone was like one of the biggest dolls of
0: 1986 that's so
1: funny something we haven't talked about yet is that peewee herman the character had a lot of catchphrases so a wind-up doll that could you know give Wee's 10 catchphrases sold like wildfire man people loved it
0: Yeah, bro. I just look at the pictures of the Playhouse. I definitely had this as a kid. This is so weird. I love it. (laughs) Hey, y'all. So we know these past couple months have been a little bit sporadic with episodes. Um, I've recently watched Clueless, so that's why I'm using sporadically. um, A little bit more often than I normally would. Um, But we want to give you an update. Today is our season finale of season two. Don't worry. We'll be back very soon in a couple weeks starting um, our anniversary around the week of September 7th is usually our anniversary show. So we'll be back with the start of season three and a more consistent schedule for you folks. That's going to be (laughs) uh, a lot of fun. And we love you all. Thank you for sticking around and hanging out with us and listening to our show.
1: See you next season. It's hard to find complete episodes of Pee-wee's Playhouse, but there are many clips all over YouTube, and I will make sure to link a few in our show notes. For today, we're going to look at the skit called Ice Cream Soup, which I think is part of the first episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse. The skit starts with Pee-wee in his trademark gray suit, in his real-life but also partially animated kitchen, ready to make a snack. When his hungry friend, Terry the Pterodactyl, flies in. Terry is a puppet. And sometimes, as a child, the puppets scared me very much. Sometimes the Pee-wee puppets were scary to me. I'm weak.
0: Terry's cute. You're a hater.
1: I just get easily scared. When things have dead eyes, it creeps me out.
0: I'm right here. I'm on your podcast with you.
1: Pee-wee announces that he's going to make ice cream soup. So he heads to the freezer where there is a tableau of claymation freezer items like ice cubes and popsicles and frozen dinners, all ice skating together. Let me tell you, the mixed media of Pee-wee's Playhouse, like the claymation, the puppets, the green screen, little Patricia loved that shit. Like, that was such a good way to keep my attention. Like, I ate it up.
0: Yeah, dude, I feel like a lot of people, or not a lot of people, I just feel like I mean, even, I always think about like at that time period, like the California raisins, those racist for raisins. For sure. Those racist, racist
1: raisins. But even like Gumby was clay animation. Like, yeah, clay animation was all over the 80s for sure. And I think Pee Wee helped that, but then also used it to its own devices.
0: I would like to interject. I think Gumby has been around since the 60s, bro.
1: I just mean. Was still around, like everybody oh, okay, I got you. in the lexicon.
0: The fifties, wow!
1: What for real?
0: Fifty six to sixty nine, the original Gumby show.
1: I'm an idiot. Do we think is calling Pee Wee's Playhouse a nineteen eighties Mister Rogers? Is that going too far? Uh
0: do you really learn a lesson from peewee's playhouse like i
1: feel like hardly ever yeah it's it's
0: <laughs> it's a fun time
1: it's a fun time and i do think it teaches us to like embrace people who are different from ourselves which is definitely something mr rogers talked about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mr rogers used a lot of mixed media also on his program but they're different but i think they're in the same vein but maybe i'm giving peewees too much credit
0: No, bro. I think he deserves all the credit.
1: I think so too. So Pee-wee sings to himself while he fills a bowl with ice cream, then puts on some chocolate syrup and mixes it and mixes it and mixes in it, mixes it until he has ice cream soup. He is about to share it with his friend Terry the pterodactyl when another puppet shows up. White sis man, Randy. He's here to ruin everything. I hate Randy. He scares off Terry the Pterodactyl before ruining Pee-wee's ice cream soup. Randy, you're the worst, and you will continue to be the worst part of this program for its entirety.
0: You're very hateful. Uh, I love Randy because he's a redhead just like my cat named Randy. So, dude, okay. Two things. First of all, weird that there's a redhead character named Randy and I have a cat that's redhead who's official name is randy true. Um,
1: true
0: so i'm like did i shut up bitch why are you in here like talking to my program <laughs> sorry <laughs> overlord ai um,
1: <laughs> not talking to <during> your program <laughs> don't talk while my stories are on that's what you just <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: what were we talking about oh other things <laughs> that uh besides randy okay ice cream soup did i get the recipe that i make for ice cream soup from Wee, or is it just like a commonly known thing from kids because i made the shit out of some ice cream soup me Love too it, to me day. too
1: loved it loved it loved it my brother thinks it's disgusting he would be such a jerk to me every time i did it and i'm like you uncultured swine you have no idea what you're talking about
0: it's basically shit. frosty
1: it's basically a frosty
0: <laughs> the better How does he what does he mean he doesn't like it? It's just vanilla ice cream with chocolate swirled up.
1: I think he's offended. I think he's offended by the meltiness. He's like, why are you eating this? Like, do you even like ice cream or do you just like ice cream soup? And I'm like, why do they have to be exclusionary? Like, why can't we both just enjoy our ice cream however we like to enjoy it?
0: It's also very it's almost closer to like a soft serve. I love soft serve ice cream. I love all ice creams.
1: I'm not gonna be Me too. Uh, today, Target had Ben & Jerry's on sale, so I bought a new kind that I've never tried before called Gimme S'mores, and it's a oh, s'more-flavored nice. ice cream, and I'm so excited.
0: We got the Dirt Cake Ben & Jerry's. Yum. I would recommend. It's very good. It's vanilla pudding ice cream with, like, chocolate cookies and crumbles. It's good, bro. Yum.
1: Sponsor us, Ben & Jerry's. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or just Ben or Jerry, whoever wants to.
1: Any ice cream. Do you have an independent ice cream brand that you would like to us to work with you? <laughs> Send us an email. We love ice cream.
0: It's so true.
1: Crying over his ruined snack, Pee Wee is cheered up by his robot friend, who tells him all he needs to do is just add some more ice cream and it will oh, because Randy put too much chocolate syrup. He ruined the ratio. So Peewee had to put more ice cream in the bowl. Brandon. We have to back, go back for a second. Did you were you gonna say that you your recipe for sherbet is just yeah. ice cream soup? Is that what you're gonna say?
0: <laughs> No? My original recipe for ice cream soup, I, okay. I also okay. I am a connoisseur of ice cream soup. Um, but my recipe for sherbet is sherbet is also uh, a close kept secret that I'll be happy to share with folks.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I think the most important part of Brandon's recipe for sherbet is to that Brandon is not allowed to purchase any of the items required for sherbet. He has to solely find other people <laughs> who own those items he can make it for the room <laughs> using First and said foremost,
0: item. yeah, you may have had the granola and the sherbet, but I made you something out of love when you, and when it you was were delicious. feeling bad or at least I perceived as you feeling bad.
1: Delicious. It was only my sherbet. It was Someone somebody else's some granola. Sherbet. <laughs> you went into the pantry got another person's granola i was like i got it i got it patricia's rainbow sherbet <laughs> other person's granola it was a feast you guys it was so delicious we had two bowls i'll make you some sherbet
0: here's the thing yeah here's the thing reparations i'm colonizing this pantry
1: uh so we see an animation telling us it's raining as the playhouse fills up with friends surrounding peewee and his giant bowl of ice cream soup which he offers to his friends and neighbors for his wish from is it jambi brandon the genie jambi yeah jambi the genie peewee wishes for everyone to come back next week peewee and jambi teaches all the magic words before peewee leaves on his scooter ending the show love peewee's playhouse this is a good. Re- I like this first episode because all the friends come out. So we see Cowboy Curtis. We see, um, what's her name? Lenore. I can't remember. We meet good. all the fun characters. Over its five seasons, Pee Wee's Playhouse proved to be one of the most progressive shows on television. Pee Wee's friends, both human and not, were of diverse cultural and racial backgrounds. The show was one of Hollywood legends. Lawrence Fishburne's first job. He played Cowboy Curtis. It was an early job for Sandra Bernhardt and Natasha Leone. Natasha leone is in the ice cream soup skit. And then director and musician Rob Zombie worked as on set as a production assistant. By the That's time so right? By the time the show got to its Christmas special. Christmas special, it had earned huge guest stars like Cher, Whoopi Goldberg, Grace Jones, and Oprah Winfrey. That's wild to me. All the while, Pee Wee, the character, was also everywhere. Pee Wee would go on Arsenio Hall, The Joan Rivers Show. There was, of course, all the merchandise, and there was even a second movie. Is it called Big Top Pee Wee, Brandon? I think it is Big Top Pee Wee. I looked it up a bunch of times. I think it's Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, this film was not nearly as successful. It did not make its money back. But that didn't slow the show down. Eventually, Pee-wee's Playhouse would win 15 Emmys. here Right? And was heralded as a show that wasn't afraid to thumb its nose at, like, mainstream Reagan-Bush-era media. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Paul Rubens summed up Pee-wee's Playhouse saying,
0: I'm just trying to illustrate that it's okay to be different. Not that it's good. Not that it's bad, but it's all right. I'm trying to tell kids to have a good time and to encourage them to be creative and to question things.
1: I love that. I think that's exactly what that show did. After five seasons, CBS and Paul Rubens decided to end the show in 1990. Paul Rubens was tired, and during his time off in 1991 was arrested in Sarasota, Florida, for indecent exposure while watching a film at an adult movie theater. Even though the show had been over for a year, CBS was still airing reruns. And when the arrest happened, it was headline news. You know, child performer arrested for masturbating at porno theater is going to make headlines. CBS pulled the show and Toys R Us pulled all of the peewee merchandise off the shelves the media and late night talk shows fed on the arrest for weeks. Paul Rubin's big news. It was huge. Like the mugshot heard around the world. Like everyone's seen Paul Rubin's mugshot. Uh, The comedian pleaded no contest, paid a fine and produced two anti-drug commercials as part of his deal. While the arrest made a lot of noise and did hurt the brand, a lot of people stood publicly by Pee-wee and Paul Rubens. People like Tim Burton and Cindy Lauper both publicly voiced their support. Meanwhile, Paul Rubens could not have been cooler about it. Arrested in July, Pee-Wee appeared at the MTV Awards in September, opening the show with
0: Heard any good jokes lately?
1: Funny man. That's a cool way to deal with that. And just <laughs> like that it was over. Uh, Pee-Wee took a back seat and Paul Rubens got plenty of work he made more movies like batman returns matilda and mystery men
0: oh my god he is in all those
1: oh yeah he was also a wildly successful voice actor appearing on every fucking show you've ever loved like rugrats adventure time Bob's burgers the list goes on and on my favorites probably nightmare before christmas uh paul rubens was working capital w Unfortunately, he ran into more legal troubles in 2002 when the LAPD served him with a warrant, after which they alleged that they found child pornography in his house. Paul Rubens vehemently denied this and fought a two-year-long legal battle before the district attorney uh, dropped all charges. This was wild to me. I had forgotten that this was even a part of the Paul Rubens story the district attorney had zero evidence of this dude like paul rubens collected art and he had some art where there was he had some like there was some questionable art but it was just art like people flipped on this and the da had nothing like that they filed charges against him is wild and all they had like the da doesn't have to do anything like, there's no apology. There's no we made a mistake. Like, they just dropped the charges.
0: That's gross.
1: Gross. But, I
0: mean, just like, you fuck up somebody's like, oh my god, I y'all wouldn't be able to get me off TV. Say, I'm t- call saying about her name. Saying all the worst possible things about this person. I would like just campaign to get her.
1: And this took up years of Paul's life. Like, this, these charges are disgusting. And were unfounded. And he had to spend years of his life, millions of dollars, to fight this. For the DA to just eventually jump charges. Like, go fuck your whole face.
0: No, no, it wouldn't have been all that.
1: Thanks to a resurgent on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim, Pee Wee Herman came back in 2016. He teamed up with Netflix to what would be Pee Wee's last public appearance in Pee Wee's Big Holiday in which a digitally aged down Pee-wee goes on an adventure to become a tough guy. Uh, It has a 6 out of 10 rating on IMDb, but I haven't watched it myself. When I say digitally aged, I like remember when, maybe not everybody, a couple years ago, the horrible Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman, where they used computers to make Robert De Niro and Al Pacino young again.
0: That (laughs) same
1: technology they put on Paul Rubens. To make him look young. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know about any of this shit. I have been slacking on my Pee-Wee Herman consumption.
0: Yeah, I'm in shocked about a lot of this actually.
1: Earlier this month, Paul Rubens passed away after a private seven-year-long battle with cancer. In an Instagram post, Paul gave us his last words, and they seem fitting to Pee Wee Herman.
0: I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you.
1: I'm so sad that Paul Rubens is gone. Um, a seven year long battle with cancer sounds absolutely horrible. Uh, but I'm glad that there's been this little blurp in this story. Like people are really, this whole month, people have been sharing and writing and talking a lot about Paul Rubens and about his legacy through Pee Wee Herman. And I had a good time researching this episode. It was a fun little peek into this weird moment in time where this pocket of weirdness that gave us shows like The Simpsons, like Twin Peaks, like Pee-Wee's Playhouse, where there was just this new, different thing. And I loved it. And I'll continue to love it.
0: We love you, Pee-Wee.
1: Thank you all for tuning in. And if you have any questions, suggestions, or embarrassing confessions, please send us an email at thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. That's thewaybackrecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thewaybackrecappod. If you'd like to support the show or listen to bonus content, exclusive episodes, visit our Patreon page.
0: Our original cover art is by Laura Strobisch. Uh Remember, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow or subscribe to The Wayback Recap. If you enjoy yourself, please rate and review the show. But if that's too much...
1: We totally get it.
0: Tell a friend.
1: Preferably a responsible friend who will rate and review the show.
0: And join us next time. I'm Brandon.
1: And I'm Patricia. And on behalf of the Wayback Recap, take take care care of of each each other, y'all.